So then, Luke chapter 2. There's a title for this particular message, The Search for Jesus. The Search for Jesus. This is the uh, only substantial childhood incident that we have uh, in all of the Gospels concerning the Lord Jesus Christ that is uh, revealed to us in Scripture. And so obviously this uh, incident is of great importance or else it would never have been recorded. I think I've got four uh, little titles, all starting with S, some longer than, than others. We've got the scene, we've got the Sunday, slight question mark about that, the search, and then the success. But the, uh, the scene is set in verse 41 and 42. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. So the the scene. Now, according to the law of God, it's in Deuteronomy 16 and verse 16, there were three occasions when uh, all male adults were expected to be at the feasts in Jerusalem. Three particular occasions occasions and the male adults were 12 and over here it is Deuteronomy 16 16 three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the feast of unleavened bread at the feast of weeks and at the feast of tabernacles and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed so the feast of unleavened bread the feast of uh, Passover was one of those occasions. Now for most folks, they could only afford to go once up to Jerusalem and the great majority chose the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the Feast of Passover, when the uh, exodus from Egypt was remembered. Redemption from slavery in Egypt and the passage through the Red Sea and the eventual entrance into the promised Land And uh, families, not only the males, but whole families will make the journey up to Jerusalem for this particular feast. Now, Jesus and his family were up north. They're in Galilee. And there's a 90-mile journey to be covered. Now, I checked on Google Maps. You can do amazing things on Google Maps. And I typed in Nazareth, and I typed in Jerusalem, and it said, do you want directions? And I pressed directions, and it took me first of all on Route 60, then Route 65, then Route 1 into Jerusalem. And it told me conveniently that this morning, it should take me about two hours to do that journey by car. I could have chosen walking, I could have chosen bus, train, but I chose car Uh, about two hours down those particular routes. Well, at the time when Jesus and his family made that journey, uh, it would take around four or five days to get from Nazareth to Jerusalem. And there'd be a great convoy of people uh, going together. Perhaps there were some on donkeys, maybe some had had a horse, but most would be walking and they'd be there as a family and friends, and they would move together. Now, clearly, that journey was a costly one 
It wouldn't be cheap. They'd have to plan it well, plan ahead. Uh, and along the route, booking a travel lodge or a premier inn at various places. Do we take a packed lunch? That's certainly going to run out. So there'll be a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Kentucky Fried Chicken on, on the way. But they'd need to plan. Uh, they're going to have uh, four or five nights, uh, the cost. It would also be very tiring, particularly for the children uh, on that journey. It wasn't an easy thing uh, to do. So costly and tiring. But they went. And uh, Jesus and his uh, mother and father and brothers and sisters, uh, they made that journey along with the wider family and uh, others from Nazareth as well, uh, going on that journey to Jerusalem. And as they went, they would sing the Psalms of Ascent. And uh, one of them would be, How pleased and blessed was I to hear the people cry, Come, let us seek our God today. And they sang these Psalms on the way to Jerusalem. Despite the cost and the effort, uh, they went. So, we've made a journey today. If you're watching online at, at home, there are reasons why you can't be here. But if you can be here, it would be great to see you here uh, next Sunday. Watching online really is second best. And those who maybe have COVID at the moment, you're thinking, well, I, I really would love to be there. We'd love you to be here too. And uh, here, worshipping God together, something very special about a live physical service because the picture in Revelation is a wonderful one. That as we are here, I alluded at the start to the fact we worship in the... These pews are not empty. I don't believe these pews are empty. You know, even angels long to look into these things. Do you not think that they drop into services like this? Don't think there's nobody in the pew behind you or in front of you. There is. There could well be. But more one... Does that astonish you? You get excited by that thought. Here's a bigger, more exciting thought because uh, the picture Jesus gives to us is that uh, he walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. So he himself is here uh, with us. I don't doubt, and I'm sure he's with you at home, but there's something very special about the gathering of the church together. So we need to be here they took a four or five day journey. It was costly. It was tiring. They had to plan it carefully. How long has it taken you and me to get here? Well, for me and, uh, and Jill, it was about 15 minutes and we uh, took the little routes out of St. Helens and we hit the A48 and came straight down to the Galther Interchange, down Whitchurch Road, parked uh, opposite a charity shop over the other side of the road and then we walked into the chapel. Some of you have come further. I don't think anybody here has taken four or five days to get here. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's relatively easy for us, even though I know we've lost an hour. Maybe that's a bit of a shock to our system. But do we love to be here? Are we glad to be making the effort? And um, may we never lose that. In a sense, I'm speaking to the converted. We are, we are here, but it goes higher than being physically here. Here's a verse that's well known. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider, let us, you and I, consider, think. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. You see, we can get discouraged and disheartened. And, and who's not here? Now, is it the pastor's job to follow up those who are not here? Is it the elder's job to follow up those who are not here? Is it the deacon's job to follow up those who are not here? Have a look round now. Who's not here? Do we know why they're not here? Let's not assume we know why they're not here. Whose responsibility is it? Well, clearly, the Spirit's saying through the Hebrew author, whoever he might have been, it's our common responsibility. I am my brother's keeper. I am responsible for my brother and my sister. Let's stir one another up to love and good needs. Let's encourage each other. You know, that the world is so discouraging. And my soul is so discouraging at times. And the, uh, the expression of the old man hangs around to, to drag me down. I need my brother to encourage me. I need my sister to encourage me. Maybe there are those in Nazareth saying, oh, I don't think I can make it. They, oh, come on, come on. Oh, but my leg, we've got a spare donkey. You can jump on the, on, on the old, old Ned. He's going to make the journey again. I can't afford it. Look, we can book it, share the floor in our travel lodge. And uh, you can share our Kentucky Fried Chicken. But encouraging, encouraging. So many obstacles come in the way. Let's spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Of course, we have the, uh, the fourth commandment. And there really are ten commandments, and the fourth commandment still exists. I know we might differ on quite how we work out the Sabbath day today, but nevertheless, it is a blessing to us when we keep it. But I, I love the, um, the heart that's put on the Sabbath day in uh, Isaiah chapter 58, 50, yes, 58 and verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and here's the point, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now here's the thing. If you call the Sabbath... What did you think when you woke up yesterday? Well, I thought, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. What a lovely day. And I thought I'd get out in the garden and do these and my heart was lifted. We had some visitors who came for lunch. I think our first Heath little family came. Oh, it was lovely. A mum and dad and three little kiddies and oh, played around. in the. We had a delightful time. And then I watched some football and a bit of cricket. And that was quite depressing. But never the... Well, the cricket was. The football was, was okay. But, uh... And then I woke this morning and you woke this morning. Did you think, yes! Is it an exciting thing? Are you excited to be here? Is there a thrill when you wake up? Because it takes a little while 
as you get older, more and more so, what day is it? What day is it? Even when I'm awake, I'm still wondering, what, what day is it? But then you, you come round. Oh, it, 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 it's Sunday. Is it a delight? Oh, they made a great effort, four or five days. Oh, it was only once a year, you might say. Well, what, a, what an effort. They were glad to do it. How pleased and blessed was I to hear the people cry. Let's encourage each other. Uh, is the Sabbath a delight to us? I remember the story of the, uh, the revivals in, in, in Wales and uh, in the uh, 18th century in, in particular. But then the, this, this account of... Uh, the church at Langetho with uh, Daniel Rowlands on a, a Sunday morning. Uh, he'd look out of the, the church building and the hills are, are around and about and people travelled for miles and they didn't have cars and there were no taxis and they, they walked by and large and they came over the hills. On one occasion it's report, recorded that Daniel Rowlands said, oh, here they come. They saw the people coming over the hill. Here they come. But I love this rider to what he said. Because there's folks on the door of the chapel. You can look up and down Whitchurch Road and Jill and I parked over there. We joined a group of people and the, the, the people streaming towards the chapel. So lovely to see. Here they come. But Daniel Rollins could say this. Here they come, bringing heaven with them. There were people who prayed and sought the Lord before they set off and on the way as well, praying for the Lord's presence. And so they came with hearts full and ready to worship. So how's my heart this morning, and how's your heart this morning? So here's something of, of the, the scene. There's the law of God. In response to that, they're making the journey. The law said it's just males, 12 and over, but whole family groups went together. And that was the case here with Jesus and his family. Uh, Mary and Joseph and the children were there together and to see families at worship here this morning is a wonderful wonderful thing and the family unity is something to be cherished and treasured and protected God has set us in families J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on this passage helpful little thought here when they went up to the feast they always went up side by side so it ought to be with all Christian husbands and wives, they ought to help one another in spiritual things. I don't feel like going today. Come on now, wife. Come on. Come on. You know, we, we need to do this. I don't feel like going. Come on, husband. Come on. Lift yourself. Or to have a good Wife, good husband, 41 years. <clears throat> Compose yourself. What a blessing. What a blessing. They ought to help one another, encourage one another in the service of God. Marriage unquestionably is not a sacrament, says Ryle, but marriage is a state of life which has the greatest effect on the souls of those who enter into it. It helps them upwards or downwards. <laughs> it leads them nearer to heaven or nearer to hell. We all depend much on the company we keep. Our characters are insensibly moulded 
by those with whom we pass our time. To none does this apply so much as to married people. Husbands and wives are continually doing either good or harm to each other's souls. Mary and Joseph and the children went together. And uh, it's good to see families worshipping here. And we ought to pray for families and encourage husbands and wives to encourage each other. Four or five days in the journey, Jerusalem for the Passover. Jesus' first visit, perhaps since his dedication at the temple. He's 12. 21 years later, he will make that journey again. That same journey from the north to the south. And this time he will approach as the Passover lamb, the fulfillment of all Passover lambs. And John the Baptist pointed him out, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Are you saved here this morning? Do you know what it is to be a Christian? It's not religion, it's reality. It's knowing God through Jesus Christ. It's knowing God because sin our biggest problem has been dealt with. Sin that would sink us to hell has been washed away through the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ, there is power. Wonder-working power. Happened to me at the age of 19. Big surprise to me. It's great meeting some new folks here and hearing testimonies of the grace of God. How they met Jesus Christ and He rapidly changed around, wonderfully changed around their lives. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came in. Is that a present reality for us? Is it still a wonderful thing to be following the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Who is Jesus? Second person of the one, triune God, one being, three persons. The Father sent the Son who became one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. He lived a perfect life. Why? On our behalf, because we can't do it. God will not lower his demand, but he comes and meets the demand in our place. And then he takes the wages for our sin. The wages of sin is death. And he becomes the Passover lamb on Calvary, where he dies for the sins of multitudes of people. Whoever will trust him and call out to him will be forgiven. Or oh, he makes that journey. 21 years later. So there's the scene. That's the longest point I think I had to make this morning. Checking the time. Yeah, it was the longest point I had to make this morning. And my next point is the, the Sunday. I've got a little question mark about it, but uh, I'll tell you why that might be. But back to Luke chapter 2, uh, the Sunday, verse 43. When the days had finished, the days... As they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey. Now, the big uh, Passover day, the Sabbath, would be the Saturday, and then I'm saying they're going back the next day, so it's likely to be. I mean, maybe they stayed an extra day. I can't be sure of that, but I'm imagining doesn't matter if I'm wrong, that they went home the next day, which is the Sunday, which is the Christian Sabbath now because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And they journey back towards Nazareth and they journey back a whole day. The company, they gather together, family and friends, and they exit and they move out from Jerusalem and head back up 
towards Nazareth. And on the way, all that day, it's a Sunday, I'm imagining it's a Sunday, doesn't matter if it's not a Sunday, but they're enjoying each other's company as they travel along the road. They'd be singing the Psalms again. They'd be sharing their experiences. Did you get the glimpse of the high priest? Oh, and the sun just hit him at the right moment. What a sight. First time I caught such a... I, I was up the front. I, I was near. And all the, the priests and the... Oh, I caught a, a waft of the incense as it came our way. And when he threw the incense on the coals, and all the smoke came up and all the incense and the wonderful, wonderful orders uh, that came, sharing their experiences and encouragement, and oh, thinking of those who were left behind, I hope they can make it next year. I'm already planning next year's journey. Are you looking forward to next Sunday? Looking forward to tonight already? Can you hardly wait to be here? And we get to share tea and coffee tonight as well. How marvellous, how wonderful. Maybe they're sharing about their problems, and on the way they pray uh, together. They're praising the people met. It was a lovely day on that journey. And so today for us, what a lovely day, what a delightful time. Uh, and the hymns that we sing and the, oh, the Sankey, well, it's a bit like Marmite, isn't it? To, to some, some love them, some not, not so, so sure. But we're here, here we are in the lovely building and the warmth and uh, the facilities that we have and the message that, that comes to today. What a wonderful position to be in. The Sunday, that's their situation. They're enjoying their Sunday. We're enjoying our Sunday. Third point, the search. Verse 43 again, when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, didn't know he wasn't there. They supposed that he was, they went on the journey and they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and their acquaintances. So when they did not find him. Frantic now. They didn't know he stayed in Jerusalem. They supposed he was with them. But come the end of the day, when they began to settle down for the evening, we got to the first travel lodge, got their various rooms. Where is he? Where is he? Now you might wonder, how could they suppose? How, how could they possibly miss his presence with them? Well, the whole structure, I, I'm told, of that, that journey would make it very possible. And particularly the age of the Lord Jesus Christ, at this stage, he's 12 now, at age 12, he's allowed to be up with the men. The men would go up front of the company. And then towards the back would be the women and the, the younger uh, children towards the, the rear. Now, Jesus is 12, so where is he? And Joseph supposes that he's uh, with Mary. And Mary supposes he's with Joseph. But when they arrive there and they check and they book into their room, well, he's, he's not there. And so the search begins and they begin with friends and, and relatives have you have you seen him have you seen him now let me make perhaps the main application this morning 
Have we, as a company of the Lord's people, spent Sundays, particularly a Sunday service, without Jesus? Is it possible? What about now? What about now? Have we supposed him to be here when he's not? And I think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is he? Second person of the one triune God. As almighty God. I mean, there is a man in heaven, a real man. His physical presence. But because he's also almighty God, Emmanuel, God with us, he is omnipresent. There is the general presence of the Son of God everywhere. Andromeda galaxy, the farthest reaches of the universe and beyond that we can't even imagine. But also here in that general presence. But also, as the Lord's people, we have this privilege to do something very wonderful and we are encouraged to cultivate His presence. And so as we read the Word of God, when you got up this morning and had your quiet time remember those quiet times it's good to have the quiet time in the morning preparing our hearts to meet with him seeking him individually and then we gather together the cultivated presence of God and then on occasions times like revivals I'm not sure I've ever really experienced this the manifest presence of God where he breaks in as he does particularly in times of revival and we don't have to question his presence with us. But we're not in revival times. And we can't just rely on his general presence. And we must actively seek him and cultivate his presence. Now I've got a few questions. Do we miss him? A question again, is he here with us? Do I know that he's here with us, not just intellectually, but through that cultivated seeking of him? And let me tell you, ask another question. Does it matter that I'm not aware of his presence? That I can go maybe for a few weeks? Or has it been a few months? Or has it been a few years? Have I forgotten what it's like to know his presence? And then, can, can I ask this question again? Then stay with me. Does it matter? I tell you, yes, a thousand times it matters. Because if I do not experience his presence, and I'm going back now 46 years this coming summer since I was saved, if I don't know his presence with a regularity that's that, cultivated sense of him with me what happens is I can degenerate to religion but what I was promised was reality and religion you understand me is the trappings the things that we do the singing the praying the attending the doing singing the praying the attending the doing singing the praying the attending we're doing and we can do all these things without him but it becomes religion not reality. And when religion takes over, here's the problem. Little things become big issues. 
And you might say at the end of the service, well, it was a very good service, but I wasn't very happy with the way that they changed that word in that hymn. I wasn't very happy with the way the minister put that particular point. Little things are not unimportant. We can have opinions on it, but they begin to dominate. They become big issues. They become issues that divide. And they really shouldn't at all. But if we're aware of his presence, you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> it really wouldn't matter. You wouldn't even bother to shame to raise it if you know his presence. Because he's the main thing. And we ought to seek him with us. So it, it does matter. When it comes to the end of a Sunday, maybe we ask each other, Maybe you say to a friend who was at another church, how, how was your Sunday? And we focus on again the, the sermon and the hymns and the preacher and the songs and the visitors and absentees. But what about the Lord Jesus Christ? And in times of revival, I'm told, here was the big question about a Sunday service. What degree of his presence did you enjoy today? Now, to challenge myself, I challenge you. Are we content with supposing? Are we content with assuming? Well, when Mary and Joseph realise he wasn't there, they're frantic. Where is he? Where is he? And they begin to, to search and they, they start to go back in their thinking. Where did we last see him? When did we last encounter him? When were we last in his presence? When was he last with us? They, they go back and they, they remember Remember again my, my conversion, 1976, from atheism to faith, very, very rapidly, and the uh, witness of my cousins, both lads about my age in Brisbane, Australia at the time, and my cousins had been converted from quite a wild background, and uh, they were in a, a Christian band, and they would tour around, and I, I'd go with them in their little van as they took their equipment there, and they sang songs, and they still come back to me, now, and one was by a, a little band called Andre Crouch and the Disciples. I think Andre Crouch is in glory now. And uh, they had one song, Take Me Back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord. Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? Finally, briefly, the, the success. Verse 46, and we leave it here for this Sunday. We'll carry on. There's more to be said about the finding uh, next time, God willing. So now it was after three days they found him in the temple. Well, where else? Where else? Success. They found him in the temple at the center of worship and sacrifice. And where, where do we find the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, he's not hiding. He really isn't hiding. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus, keep me near the cross. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Or remember, my friends, as we close now, your initial finding of Jesus 
Have you found him yet? Are you si- Listen, don't leave this building if you're not saved. Be frantic about this. Here's the most urgent thing there could ever be. Are you saved? If not, get saved. Come, come and have a chat. Grab hold of my sleeve. Children, oldsters, whatever. To be sure on this, find him. But for many of us, it's an ongoing, well, may it be an ongoing reality, something experimental. We cannot afford to lose touch with the living God or we will degenerate into religion and little things become big things. But with the perspective of Jesus Christ at the centre, all things are in place. All things are... He is supreme Overall, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to finish with a wonderful, wonderful hymn. Now I don't think there's a known author to it. Show me thy face, one transient gleam of loveliness divine. And that's the issue. One transient gleam. I was talking to a member in the week who'd been through an illness and he said, I had such a sweet sense of his presence at that time. He said, I don't particularly have it now, but it was such a sweet presence. I'm changed. One transient gleam of loveliness divine. I shall never think or dream of other love save thine. All lesser light will darken quite all lower glories wane. The beautiful of earth will scarce seem beautiful again. Let's sing this prayerfully. Oh
Lord, we're here for such a, a brief time. The day is rapidly approaching when we'll have laid our burden down. And there are burdens. And we'll enter into our rest. But meanwhile, help us to seize the moment to know you well and to make you known. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and that fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.